Welcome to the Why the West is Failing podcast. I'm Brendan Chilton, Director of the John Mills Institute for Prosperity, and I'm talking with John Mills, entrepreneur, economist and businessman, about his new book, Why the West is Failing. The UK economy is in dire shape, facing a cost of living crisis and a looming recession. If we don't tackle this problem, living standards will continue to fall and we won't be able to invest in our public services and pay for the costs of issues such as climate change and social care. John's new book outlines the economic lessons we can learn and the policies we should adopt to re-energise our failing economy. So in this episode, we will take a look at both chapters four and five and question whether fast growth is indeed desirable and more importantly, uh, whether it is feasible. And I'm delighted John is here again. So John, economic growth, is it really a viable objective considering the challenges of climate change and the widespread green agenda? Is faster growth viable? I think that's an important question, but on balance, I think it is. I think that uh, dealing with climate change in particular is very expensive, uh, but the benefits are quite a long way in the future. And I think it's going to be very difficult to persuade people to make all the sacrifices now for the benefits that are going to come from the generation down in 20 or 30 years' time. I think it's much easier to persuade people to take the necessary action to uh, combat climate change if they've got growing rather than falling living standards. And I think there's reasonable hope that this can be done. You know, I've got a good deal of faith in the capacity of humanity to find solutions to technical problems. And I think that over the next 30 years or so, what you're going to find is that the uh, amount of resources going into economic growth declines in relation to the scale which growth is going up. And you'll finish up with a relatively small additional load on the world economy, but higher living standards. And that's what we really need to enable us to pay for all the policies that need to be implemented. So, John, how might faster growth affect regional inequality in the country, which is already vastly unequal region to region? Well, I think that the policies we've pursued on manufacturing have been very largely responsible for all the disparities in income there are in the UK between the South East and London and the rest of the country. Uh, the real problem has been that most of the rest of the country depended on manufacturing for its livelihood, and the decline of manufacturing has left vast areas of the country with just not nearly enough to sell to the rest of the world to pay their way, so they then become dependent on subsidies from London, and that's really the position we're in. So if you're going to get the areas outside London to stand on their own two feet again, I think far the best way of doing that is to have a manufacturing revival with most of the new manufacturing going to those areas. And of course it was those northern towns once before that were the richest parts of this country, I think, wasn't it? Birmingham or Newcastle were the, the wealthiest cities in the world at one point. I think Bradford was, was, Bradford, of, yeah. were, were one of the wealthiest, now one of the poorest. I mean, that is typical of what's happened in, in varying degrees across vast swathes of areas of the UK outside London and the South East. Turning to the question of the feasibility of economic growth, I mean, are there constraints on resources at the moment that will make faster growth impossible or certainly more of a challenge? Well, I think the reality is that you can't go on expanding the economy forever. But if you look at the next, say, 20 or 30 years, running us up to 2050, I think that the evidence shows that we're unlikely to run out of nearly all the components you need to support rising economic growth. 
How might the public opinion behind the exchange rate affect growth? Well, I think one of the problems about the UK is that everybody likes having a high exchange rate rather than a low one, but they don't realise that the result of all this is to make manufacturing uncompetitive and to finish up with pitifully low growth rates, levels of investment and stagnant incomes. But persuading people that uh, the, the link between prosperity and the exchange rate is different from what they think, that actually the lower the exchange rate, the more prosperous we're likely to be, is quite a difficult sell. But it's an absolutely vital sell, I think, to make if we're going to get the growth rate to be higher. Because all the evidence, I think, in practice shows that the more competitive you are, in terms of the pricing for the manufactured goods you produce, the faster the growth rate becomes, the higher the level of investment you get, the bigger the growth in productivity, and the higher the rises in living standards. John, at the moment, we're obviously in the middle of a difficult economic period with inflation and prices going up. Is shifting the exchange rate and having a more competitive pound possible at the moment? I think that the trouble is that there's always reasons why you don't want to do things that need to be done. I think we do need to just grasp the nettle, though, and make sure that we finish up with a more competitive currency. I mean, if we can't compete in the world for manufactured goods, we just lock ourselves indefinitely into no growth. Now, you can argue that uh, this isn't the right time to make any radical changes, but then you lock yourself into no changes being made, I think, forever. So, John, in summary, is economic growth feasible and desirable? I think the answer is that it is both feasible and desirable. Is it difficult to achieve it? Not particularly easy. Is there a lot of persuasion that needs to take place? Yes. Do we need to change the priorities that we have in economics away from trying to chase inflation down to 2% to having a growth target as the main objective? I think that's a big, big change which needs to be made. I think it is possible to do it, but it's a difficult task to persuade people to make the necessary changes. Well, let's hope some decision makers are listening to this podcast. So thank you all for listening and make sure you join us for the fifth and final episode. Thank you. If you want to buy a copy of my book, please go to whythewestisfailing.com.